Welcome to Whole Talk, where we discuss all things pop culture and all things ho. So from your head to your mother from toes, baby, pop that pussy and don't be slow. It's Whole Talk. Order in the motherfucking court. It's Whole Time with the Honorable Judges Mayanna and Crystal, a.k.a. me. Today we have a very special episode, y'all. I'm so excited to get into our alternative sex and relationship lifestyle episode. We have two very special guests, Jessica and Bird. Just to give you guys a little bit of, yep, clap it up for them, actually. Yay. (laughs) Just to give y'all a little bit of um, backstory on each of them, and then they'll be able to get into a little bit deeper once we get to the questions. Um, Between the two of them, we have experience with OnlyFans, sugaring, polyamory, and actually being a dominatrix. Y'all, I feel like I'm going to learn something myself this episode. I got my notebook ready. Ooh, I got my notebook ready. (laughs) So, Bird and Jessica, let's just hop into it. The first question we're going to discuss is, um, how would you describe your relationship? I mean, yeah, your relationship lifestyle or your profession? Like, tell us what you specialize in and how you how you would describe it. So, um, I'm a little bit of what I would call um, multifaceted. I'm non-monogamous. I do not believe in monogamy. I think it's a societal norm or stigma that's been placed upon us that is just sort of against the grain. Um, I am in a BDSM relationship. I have my daddy Dom, who is my owner. Um, I submit to him only. Uh, I also have a cuck of my own. So it's a male who me. Yes. Um, and there's some fin doming there as well. He, um, I, I drain his account basically. He's That's all. Is that the correct terminology? Ma'am? Is he a pay pig? Is that the correct terminology? Yeah, you could definitely say that. You could definitely <laughs> say that. I, I drain his pockets just to tell him how worthless he is and, and, and how, um, how subservient he is to me, but, um, definitely. So, yeah. So I'm, um, 20 plus years experienced in the lifestyle, dabbled in and out, but primarily I've, I've been um, BDSM only. I, again, like I said, I don't believe in monogamy. My daddy Dom and I have an understanding that we see other people as long as we see them within the safe uh, practices and the, the safe guidelines that we've placed upon each other. So um, yeah, that's me. Oh, wow. So for the listeners who may not know what fin doming and uh, like a pay pig is, it's a kink before you get your draws in the bunch. It's two consenting <laughs> partners. <laughs> it's not like she's just robbing, she's just out here robbing people blind. It's actually a kink where uh, a lot of the time the men <laughs> want to pay in order to be disrespecting exchange. Is that correct, Jessica? That's absolutely correct. Um, so basically you're playing upon their inferiority complex or their kink. So the the gentleman that I have now, um, I've actually never even seen his genitals. We've never, oh, wow. I've never seen, I've never seen his face and we don't know each other's names. Oh, we wow. just so it's strictly virtual. It's strictly virtual phone conversations mm. only. Um, and this week alone, we maxed out his cash app. I had to lock it down and, and switch to another app. Oh my God. How <laughs> oh much do you if you don't mind saying? Um, it's about 2000 right now this oh week. my god what oh. did you have to do for him to send you that he found me on OnlyFans, and then um, he was just like yeah uh, run my pocket like, yeah he was like so i've uh, so i'm i'm strictly black only um i only deal with black men and just to touch on that i have not fetishized this at all 
Um, I've never been with a white man. My first crush at the age of eight was a black boy in my class named Terry. Um, so I've just never physically been attracted to any other race. It's just the, it's just the chocolate complexion that does it for me. Girl, so, trust. <laughs> he saw one of my videos on OnlyFans and he DM'd me and he was like, can we, can we please have a, a discussion offline? I'm like, sure. So he just wants to like watch my videos together while I tell him, um, basically we're touching on, um, uh, like the superiority of the black race of the black man. He really just wants me to just degrade him and tell him how inferior he is to black men. And I mean, I'm here for it. Wow. That's amazing. <laughs> Not just the race factor, but the fact that you're just out here doing like you just on your shit. I have a, yeah, another question for you. And then I want to hear from Bird. I think yeah. it's really interesting that you're in the BDSM lifestyle. Like it's not just sex for you. It's an actual relationship where you have an owner. Could you explain that a little bit more for our listeners? Yes, definitely. So um, he is who I have chosen to give my submission to. He um, is very dominant when it comes to me, but also he's very um, caring. He's a daddy dom and not so much of a structured, hardcore, rigid dom. Our relationship is not based on a lot of rules. We definitely have rules, but um, there are punishments. I have been punished once, um, but mostly he comes from a place of compassion and a place of concern. So he provides the structure and the discipline that I need because um, when you're not in a relationship or if you have troubled personal relationships like I have, it kind of makes you a um, little bit of a danger to yourself, honestly, if you're not yeah. accountable to anybody. Yeah. So he sort of provides that accountability for me. What are the punishments like, if you don't mind me asking? So the one punishment that I had, um, it was because I forgot to check in. So one of our rules is that I check in every morning and check in every night at bedtime. Uh-huh. And we don't have to talk anymore the rest of the day, but he just wants to know that I'm okay. Yeah. Um, so I got drunk one night and forgot to check in. This was within like the first three weeks of our dynamic. And um, he was like, yeah, this is, this is going to be a punishment. So I had to write... Um, he knows that I have struggled and battled with depression in the past. Um, oh. And he has very much helped me with that. So I had to write degrading terms on my body, things that he had words that he had picked out for me. And I hated him every second of it. I hated him for it. Oh. I had to wear it for 30 minutes and I cried the entire time. Oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. I was told to shower. So then when I showered, it was like this wave of clarity came over me. Like as I washed these degrading words off of me, I realized I'm not that person. Right. I'm not those things. And like, it was very transformative and I loved him even more after that. So, because I always thought that the punishments, quote unquote, would be something like sexual. So does it, is it yeah, me too. mental like that? It does not have to be sexual. It can be mental. Sometimes it can be, um, it can be withholding uh, rewards. And those rewards are usually the affirmations, the positive sex. Um, but then also to the punishment can come in a physical form when it comes to the sex. It can be more, um, more strikes, more spankings, but if you're somebody like me that kind of plays off of that pain, then yeah, that's not a, a very good punishment. Yeah, I like pain <laughs> too, so that, that wouldn't really phase me. But you're freaking when So if he does something that you dislike, though, are there punishments for him, or is that not how the dynamic works? No, 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 no because he's he's the top, he's the dom, so I in no way show any sort of um, 
dominance over him. My dominance comes in in my, the form of my submission. I hold that power of being submissive to him, and that for him makes him feel more dominant. So, yeah, that's what that comes from. This is so interesting. I, I I'm really enjoying the conversation. Okay, Bird, let's hear from you. All right. So hi, I'm Bird. Um, I got involved in the polyamorous lifestyle uh, when I turned 18. So it'll be about three years next month. I turned 21 in September. Yeah. Woohoo. Virgo um, status. My status currently, I live with my dominant. He has been in my life about four and a half years now. We have almost killed each other multiple times. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Like, no, no, no. Like, I have shattered this man's windshield when we got into an argument. Like, we, oh we hated <laughs> oh, Like, we would go back and forth of fuck you, I hate you, and then block each other and not talk to each other for two or three months at a time. Like, we grew up together, and it was just constant back and forth. Oh, my gosh. But, yeah. No, he's my main partner. Um, we do have a dom dynamic, but just for his privacy, um, as I'm going to respect what he wants me to do. Uh, I'm not going to really get into that too much. Okay. Um, my other partner, I'm not going to be naming him, but he is an older gentleman. He's married. I'm best friends with his wife. His wife also has a boyfriend who's in my age range, even though they both are older. Um, oh, wow. He's fairly new. He's fairly new to my dynamic. Um, both of them spoil me. Ridiculous. Like, Oh my, oh my God. <laughs> Wait, the I wife and the husband's for you? Yes. Oh, let's wow. Just say, let's just say I don't want for anything. Oh like my, my God. main partner, my secondary partner, his wife. Like I, I don't want for things very much. That's um, awesome. And you're only 21? Girl, hey. you're already living the life. Right. No, I'm only 20. I turn 21 next month. Even better. <laughs> I got into it early, man. Like I, I grew up pagan. So like I practice witchcraft. Oh. Like I practice the old religion. Uh-huh. So polyamory is very, very common when it comes to pagans. Like almost every other pagan that I meet is poly. So oh, wow. it's, it's something that I had known about. And that once I became like a fully consenting adult, which is something I decided to participate in. Yeah. So that kind of leads into the next um, question. So Bert, maybe you can speak more to this. So the next question was, do y'all think people would identify um, as a member of your lifestyle or profession if monogamous slash conservative sex and relationships weren't the social norm? And for you particularly, since you said you're pagan, do you think that if Christianity wasn't like the default quote unquote religion or or the like the centerpiece of Western culture that more people would choose polyamory or non-traditional relationships? A hundred and ten percent. So for my main profession, I'm an exotic dancer. I'm a stripper. I work in uh, Oregon Platinum West. Y'all ever come my way, say hey to September, give me a wave, throw me a couple dollars. <laughs> Be your local stripper. I gotta pay. Make it rain on you, girl. <laughs> <laughs> but um, like polyamory and like non-monogamous relationships in general was a big norm before Christianity or like Abrahamic religions. I would say in general came around. Yeah. Like naturally, like I feel like we're instilled from a young age that once you really love someone, you won't find out people attractive. You won't flirt with anybody. Right. And then they want or to that beat you're wrong guilt. or bad if you do. Exactly. They want to beat a guilt into your head, thinking that you have to be a certain way or you're wrong or you're dirty or it's not okay for what you yeah. do. And it's been hard. Like, honestly, um, like my mom is aware um, of my status. My main partner, his mother is not aware um it's it's a difficult conversation especially when he comes from a very strict christian background oh wow Um, i call him a uh, a progressive republican he's working on it (laughs) 
Um, <laughs> At least the progressive part is there. <laughs> no, when I when I take him out in public, he's my emotional support Republican. He takes care of me. It's fine. Um, but it's difficult, I would say. I mean, being poly and also being a stripper, because I feel like a lot of men fetishize my line of work and fetishize what I do for a living, thinking that because I, you know, flash my tits and do my thing and, you know, spin around a pole that I'm automatically going to want to sleep with or like fuck around with any guy that comes in right. and out and gives me money at my club. Like I did Hater. sugar baby and work for a couple years and like I've been down that path and I hated it. Um, I almost got kidnapped. I was stalked. Like I had a lot of issues Jeez. with it. So stripping in my club with having bouncers and managers and it being so far away from where I currently live, I don't have to deal with it every single day because I was a Hooters girl and a Twin Peaks girl beforehand yeah. and even then I still dealt with stalkers and people that would try to follow me home and like oh it was it was just miserable <laughs> the security at a strip club is better than the management of both the Twin Peaks and the Hooters in Augusta <laughs> period flat out there is no question about it well right. I guess it kind of has to be because men do be getting a little crazy girl yeah, I had a man excited. try to shove a roll of quarters up my pussy one time like let's oh my god what the <laughs> hell <laughs> <laughs> why would you even think to do that like that oh, oh, i gave a lap dance last night and this man like swiped debit card between my ass cheeks like it, it gets oh my god oh, ka -ching, ka -ching. exactly he made that noise he's like ka -ching. he's like does that count with paying you i said no that's that's not oh, how this shit works hell nah yeah let me ask you as well because i think it's interesting that you said the way that men perceive you because of your job is it's fucking stupid so along those same lines i want to know how you and maybe jessica you too if you have some um something to add to it how do you feel about this like cognitive dissonance where straight men like want to consume porn and want to and like indulge in the services of sex workers but they don't respect sex work as a job or sex workers as humans Mm. I feel like it's absolutely fucking ridiculous because two things. Um, one, sex work is like one of the oldest professions. Like you'll find historical accounts of prostitutes, um, you know, like flappers and prostitutes helped build the West. They brought the economy where the dancers went, the men went, the money came. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, especially in those towns where like mining things are popular. Um, and secondly, the same men that talk shit are the same men that fund it. And yeah, I, exactly. I have zero, zero tolerance for it, honestly. Um, I have had now two male friends that I would not be naming as they will probably be listening to this, but they know who they are. Shout out. Um, their wives awesome. have used their, like, have used the fact that I'm friends with them to like get a divorce. A I had divorce? Of mine, yes. <laughs> I had a friend of mine. He was a photographer friend of mine. He and I worked very closely. He did a lot of my boudoir and like a lot of my nude photography. His wife claimed that we had an emotional affair and because I was a stripper and because I was non-monogamous and I practiced witchcraft, that I was like hardcore after her husband. What? And she's like, y'all had an emotional affair. I'm divorcing him and taking everything. What? And their divorce is still currently like going through the court system. Uh, seems like she was delusional for one. <laughs> or two, Girl, just looking I wish. for a reason to divorce. Yeah, exactly. she was reaching. Yes, what is giving it's, to me? Uh, I'm gonna knock the fucking blonde out of her hair if I ever see her because I just I ain't got the time. Like, oh I my god, not the blonde. <laughs> oh my god. Like, listen, like women like that piss me off. It's like if you're gonna be a solid three and a half, do not give me a nine attitude. God damn, that's a 
feel like that should go on a t-shirt or something (laughs) honestly like it just it frustrates me man i got girls that i work with at the strip club that are the same way that everyone there is there to make money there's clients for everybody like literally men in there there's a man in there for every single girl that's there you just have to find him but then they still get mad and they get salty and they want to be like a dick to everybody else that's there because they see them as competition i don't see it as competition Uh, i see it as variety because i could go out there and talk to a man all night long but if he doesn't like tall dark hair girls that are covered in tattoos i'm tattooed from my hand to my neck yeah um i'm not going to get anything off of him he's not going to get any pleasure out of being at the club and he's probably not going to come back if he doesn't think there's anything there for him that's right there's someone out there for everybody and instead of instead of trying to be competitive with each other i'm sure it'll be a lot more fruitful if everybody just works together or just mind their own business if you can't work Mm -hmm. together this is true exactly some people just like the drama they be bored between hooters twin peaks and the strip club like i've seen the absolute worst of women honestly that's really sad. That would it would seem like in, in an environment like that you would want to stick together. So just exactly. Let's, um, let's hear from you. The original question was: Do you think that more people would uh, identify as a member of your lifestyle profession if monogamous and conservative sex and relationships weren't the social norm? Yeah, I think for the first part is we have to take away the judgment and the shame that's associated <laughs> with with being normal. Um, yes. Like Bird said, yeah, like like Bird said, like it's placed. So I'm agnostic. I don't follow any one particular religion. I just think, you know, believe what you believe. Just don't impress your beliefs upon me. Um, And I just believe like the same way I was raised in a very, very strict Christian household where, you know, my mom stayed with my dad for almost 20 years and he beat the living crap out of her all the time. But she was, you know, raised as you don't get divorced, you know, and I'm just a, I'm just a, a member of the happy club. I just want to be happy and I don't give a shit who it's with. Right. Um, so I don't have a close relationship with probably 95% of my family because they are still very much of the mindset that I'm going straight to hell because I choose to live my life openly and freely and that right. I put my sexuality on the forefront because that's what's, that's what brings me happiness. Um, I'm not afraid or ashamed of my sexuality in any way. I've embraced it and I have for many years and that's caused a lot of discord in the family because they have their beliefs and I have mine. I'm not quiet about mine. They're not quiet about theirs. So right. we, we tend to butt heads pretty regularly. I'm sorry to hear that. That's, uh, it could, it's fine. It is what it is. You know, I've, I'm from this dance. Family is not who you're related <clears> to, it's who you relate to. So I've made my own family. That's true. I just oh, think yeah. that it's so sad that sexuality, particularly for women, is still so stigmatized in 2021. And we still have these oh double God. standards where men can basically do whatever they want. But if you even breathe yeah. at too many men, you're a hoe. Well, I just think exactly. you passed that exactly. process already exactly it's shameful that that men still even today you know they are still of that mindset that if if they're out fucking around that they're gaining power or gaining notoriety in some sort but if a woman does it that it's showing our weaknesses but i'm thinking well we're not fucking ourselves so i mean (laughs) right (laughs) well you know just a side note man a vibrator can't get you pregnant and they don't complain they require very little maintenance (laughs) yep Yep. Not about or 30. if y'all got a rose, I could personally vouch for that. <laughs> <laughs> Jessica, I got a question for you though. Sure. So you're talking about your family. My family is aware of my sexuality, my beliefs, like what I do for a living. 
my career wise they're supportive but like sexuality and things they they're not against it but they choose to turn a blind eye with you being older than I am obviously and being in this longer like would you have preferred your family to just kind of ignore a big part of who you are and not acknowledge it like my family does not acknowledge my other partners they want nothing to do with them like I don't know like I couldn't I don't know like if I would rather have it to the point they just don't talk to me versus them just kind of being like I uh, extremely uncaring about it even though they are aware of it Mm, honestly I wish they just mind their fucking business like what I do with my pussy is nobody's business like if I decide to publish this like I like if I want to fuck around and and publish it on my own or post it on my only fans that's my business if it's not affecting your household if it's not affecting your your you know your happiness what does it have to do with you but um my family has made it very known that they're they're not um supportive of my decisions so my real world job is I'm a nurse and oh, wow. I've been a hospice <laughs> nurse for 15 years. So they're like, what this agnostic whore of a nurse, you know? So <laughs> next question. So how did you get into or discover that you wanted to be a part of your profession or lifestyle? And what tips do you have for others who want to join? Being a Hooters and Twin Beaks girl, it got me used to selling and used to being around men in skimpy clothing. It desensitized me from a very young age. I'm used to seeing, you know, women in all forms and types of dress. So after 2020, I lost my job due to COVID. Um, There was a miscommunication. My job was like, oh, you take, you take, you know, 14 or 10 days. They went back and forth on it. I came back. They're like, you missed a shift. We're going to fire you, this and that. And I'm like, you know what? Fuck y'all. Like, I'm good. Um, and I looked into dancing for a while because also on the side, I'm a professional fire breather. Like I do circus work. So I'm used to performing and being in front of people. Yes, ma'am. Oh my gosh. That's so interesting. How does that work? um, Like how, how, like, how does that work? How do you, is it a technique you use? Like, uh, so I'm not going to say specifically because there are people that are going to listen to this and be like, that sounds like (laughs) a great idea. (laughs) don't try this at home (laughs) exactly like I started at 17 but I also went through a year of mentorship with local performers so I had people that like helped me to not like kill myself you know like that's right (laughs) I would be going up in a blaze of glory like literally you know what I mean um (laughs) it's a special type of oil that you hold in your mouth and you spray it like you spray it out into like a mist almost and I have a special types of torches with a fuel that's completely separate that I use for those. And once that like mist of the oil hits it, it then goes out and creates a fireball. Okay, so for everybody who just listened to that, we are not responsible if you set your ass on fire. <laughs> I'm just gonna try that shit at home. She <laughs> just, just said, like, no. don't try that shit at home. <laughs> yeah, try it in the bedroom. Alcohol <laughs> is not a, it, alcohol is not used for fire breathing. So if anybody here is like, you know what, that bottle of Jaeger looks great right now. No, please don't. I'm begging. That's why people's lips be catching on fire. Oh no! I watched the man at a bar like the entire inside of his mouth and throat caught on fire because of this. Why, because all why of did that he try alcohol. It? Because he's a fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Like, if you haven't noticed, like, 90% of the male population has about two brain cells, and, like, they work in, like, opposing shifts. Sometimes they overlap, which is when they get shit done. But other than that, they're kind of just there. <laughs> but, oh, uh, yeah, I got... <laughs> scientific explanation. <laughs> um, 
I got into stripping. I got my first outfits. I was really nervous. The first night I went, um, I walked in. I was like, yo, I want a job. They're like, all right, cool. Get on the floor. I'm like, <laughs> fuck. So <laughs> I walk out super like, cause I wear a micro bikini to work. So like, I'm not at a full nude club. Cause like no one needs to see my ham sandwich. Like I'm good. Yeah. Like I do not No, <laughs> but, uh, I walked out. I didn't go on stage because I was too nervous. I like went to one man. I sold a lap dance and I was like, I hate this. And then I went home and then I came back the next weekend and made $900. And then I've been doing that ever since. I worked six nights a month. Um, Why did you hate um, it at first? Were you just nervous? <laughs> it was just the nerves, I think. And because so like I was saying earlier about girls in competition, when you are the bottom, like you first come into the club, you're not signed because you can get hired but signed dancers have assigned lockers. They get first pick. Like if the club is really busy, if you're a signed dancer with the club, then other girls that haven't been there as long or are not signed have to go home. Because oh. they haven't been there long enough. Like there's a totem pole of this. So girls they're kind of creating like this me. like high, hierarchical dog. Hierarchy, Right. So but I feel really good if they're first time working there. They still have to go home. Like if some people are naturally talented, but they're like bottom of the bill, like they're new, but they still have to go home, even though they're like the best dancer or the most entertaining one. And they'll just go based off who's been there the longest. Yeah. Now, if you're like Damn. a newer girl and you've got like a whole pole routine and you can do the flips and the spins and whatever the fuck else, like they probably won't. But I'm talking about girls that are like, like super, like girls that like think it's almost like a joke. Like I work in Colombia, so there is a lot of USC girls that come in and they're like, uh-huh, this looks like so much fun. And <laughs> women like this that want to come in and try to take money. Like when I was first starting out, I didn't understand this, but now that I've been in and I am officially signed, I got signed in only two months. Like it, it wasn't hard. It was just getting to that point where I knew the management and the staff and everything. But when I have girls that come in and are just doing it to fuck around or because, you know, they think it's just a whatever kind of job, like I take my career extremely seriously. Um, right. You got to understand, I spend almost $150 a night just to work between house fees, tip outs, um, everything like that. Like my shoes cost no less than like $70 a pair. My outfits can range anywhere from $50 to $200. Ooh, so spend- what are house fees and tip outs? <laughs> so my house fee is $40 a night. So is that what you have to pay to dance? I have to pay that to dance every single time I go in. Um, I cannot leave without paying that, even if I don't make that money that night, because we have had nights like that where it's slow, especially during the summertime when college is out. Um, I still have to pull it out and tip. I still have to pay my house fee. Now, you can go without tipping, but you're also not going to be very well liked. Yeah. It shows that you don't appreciate the things that people do. Like my DJs basically control my money flow. If they give me a shitty ass song to dance to, I'm not going to make any money on stage because I'm going to look like a fucking idiot out there. <laughs> like, like seriously, they fucked with a girl one night and played uh, like a remix of Let It Go from Frozen. Like they can get- Oh my God. Um, so I tip out <laughs> my DJs. There are two of them. I tip out my bouncers. I tip out the guy at the couch room. So our couch room, like where our lap dances are is different than like VIP slash champagne. So I pay him $5 every time I give a lap dance. So I charge $45 for a lap dance. I get five in the door. I got, I got 40. By the time I saw my first lap dance, house fee, done. I tipped out the, I, you know, paid the couch guy. Things are good. But then when it comes to champagne, um, I also have to tip champagne host. And so does my customer. Because champagne is where the real money is. It's like going upstairs and popping bottles. 
Like I charge yeah. up to a thousand dollars an hour of my time. For and that's not even including wow. yeah. And that's not even including the cost of the bottle. Like the our cheapest bottle is two hundred and ninety-five dollars. Wow. Jeez. So yeah, I take my job extremely seriously <laughs> because it took me a really long time. Like I have like fucked up my kneecap, I fucked up my ankles, my elbows. I come home every single weekend, like looking like somebody beats me at home. Oh. I pour everything I have into my job, whether it be self-care, maintenance, makeup, hair, everything to get to the point that I'm making money and I'm happy with myself. Yeah. So even though the hierarchy kind of sucks at first, it weeds out the, you know, the wheat from the chaff at that point. Cause there are some girls that are coming to work two weekends. They'll never come back because they are not mentally strong enough and, yeah. or they're not really prepared to do what we have to do because I've dealt with more shit there than I think I, I should ever need to when it comes down to men, it almost makes me jaded. Like my two partners are pretty much the only men that I tolerate besides my weenie dog. Like that's Aww. it. Like I really, I can't, I mean, it just, it really shows the worst in people, male and female. So what advice do you have for girls who might come in and be nervous like you were on your first day or who might feel intimidated by the competitive aspect of stripping? So this is going to sound extremely harsh, but if you have any, any extremely major insecurities about your body and the way that you look and you have yet to learn to love yourself, do not do it absolutely stay away from it stay away from sex work i would say just in general because mm. what we do is fucking brutal i have come home like i'm a big like i'm huge into self-love and things like that but i have come home on nights and just had complete breakdowns because oh. the things that people are, uh, say to you like i got cussed out one night by a guy who was in a strip club but didn't like strippers he was like if i wanted a whore i'd go find a prostitute like, he was fucking brutal, man. Why did they um, kick people like that out? Oh, yeah. No, I had him kicked out. But beforehand, okay. I had uh, one of my friends. I gave her five bucks and a glass of water. I was like, you see that dude over there? She goes, I got you. And ended up dumping the entire glass of water down the back of this man's pants for me. And then I had Good. him kicked out. Good. <laughs> but um, also, make sure to invest. Like, do your research. Honestly, because there's a big difference in clubs depending on the state, depending on age. Like Florida, you can't dance till you're 21. Georgia, most clubs are full nude. If you don't want for men to see your whole like, lady bits, don't do it. Yeah. Um, South Carolina, I like because it's top only. And like, I like my boobs. Like, I think they're pretty nice. You know, like I grew them myself, worked very hard on them. <laughs> um, make sure to invest in a good dancer bag and always invest in good heels and good outfits. Because if you don't get an outfit that you like or that fits properly, or if you get shoes that are cheap and shitty, like pleasers and ellies are like top tier like god tier shoes i love them they're fucking expensive yeah. but if you're not willing to invest in good quality outfits shoes makeup if you're not willing to put the time in to work on your appearance to get it exactly how you want to and be confident and happy with yourself you're not going to make money you're going to go in you're going to bitch you're going to complain you're going to say it's a slow night you're going to say there's no money out there it's not that there's no money out there you're not projecting the image that you want to make money right so another question too do you you have to come in already knowing how to do tricks and stuff on the pole or do you learn as you go like how does I was wondering how does that work so that also that also differentiates between club um at platinum west they take people of all skill levels so I walked in um because I did circus I already had like entertaining performance career like performance experience obviously I knew how uh -huh. to 
to do floor work, which is like twerking, which hair on your hands and knees, you know, shaking your ass yeah. or being able to just like bend over and like just floor work. Obviously yeah. I learned pole work as I went. Like the first night I was there, I watched every single girl that went on stage, watched how she put her hands, how she shifted her weight, how she moved her feet when she did things. So when I went on stage, I kind of had an idea of what I was doing, but you know, whatever club it is that somebody's interested in, always be sure to do your research, call them first, see what they do. Because some clubs like in Myrtle Beach, um, I know a club in North Carolina called Dollhouse, they require you to audition. Now, sometimes they don't require you to do poll. As long as you have a good, entertaining, you know, manner and a way about you, you can get hired. But um, if they do require poll work, I would definitely, like there's a lot of great tutorials on YouTube. Um, and you can get a poll on Amazon for like a 200, 200 bucks and work on it at home. It's a great way to keep fit. Even if you don't want to become a stripper, pole fitness is amazing. Um, I do not go to the gym. I just do pole all the time, constantly. Yeah, um, I've tried pole fitness. That shit is hard. Like I have zero yeah. upper body strength. And it I was, is. Y'all make it look way easy. I know. Oh, girl, I didn't either. Oh my God. The first couple of weeks, I would I could only work one night because I would be so stiff the next day. I would literally be crying because I could not move. Yeah, it was it fucking <laughs> brutal. Um, one last note on it about getting started. Anything that you see online, like TikTok, especially like strip talk, it's great. Mm -hmm. It's informative. But it over glorifies it because you'll see girls with thousands and thousands or whatever, but it's not always like that. And I feel okay. like if you go in with unrealistic expectations and you think that, you know, you can skimp on your outfits or skimp on your shoes or cut corners in what you're doing, that you're going to make that same amount of money. Like my first couple of weekends, I only was making a couple hundred, you know, 800, 900 here and there. Yeah. But then once I got good shoes, good outfits, I had my pole shit down. You know, I was walking home with like on a good weekend, like, two three sometimes four thousand dollars from two nights of work wow so would you also say that um developing rapport with like your regular customers is the best way to make money or does it really just all revolve around like your stage presence and your uh appearance and how well you can captivate whoever's in there whether they're regular or not it's your stage presence and your hustle like i have a regular sweet dude chinese man he kind of comes in and out for for uh business in and out of the country super nice guy but he's not always there and you're going to have nights that you don't have regulars here. So unless, you, like, you got to hustle, man. Like, being a waitress first prepared me because I'm not selling food this time. I'm selling lap dances. I'm selling champagne. I have to make this man think that he wants it. If they're already making eye contact with me and, like, rubbing up on me and wanting to squeeze my boobs, I know I've got it hooked. I just right. have to be able to sell it the rest of the way. You can make money if you got hustle. I've seen some girls in there that don't even have all their teeth that are still walking out with 3,000. They, they, they know how to talk. They know how to work. Granny Smith. <laughs> I'm working on it. But like some of the girls in there can be nice to men, even if they're gross. For me, I, if I have a man look at me in a strange way or disrespect me, I will literally tell them to go fuck themselves because yeah. I don't have the time. I ain't got the patience. Like I don't want to deal with nasty men like that. You know what right. I mean? And just because you're, I feel like people think that just because you're in there already um, showing your body that you should just deal with whoever comes in there, but you still have the right to work in the environment that you want to work in. So if you don't want to put up with that shit, then you shouldn't have to. Exactly. exactly. And like a good solid club will tell you that they will let you know that if someone makes you uncomfortable, you don't have to do anything. You're an right. independent contractor. You do your work the way that you see fit. 
if I have a man come up to me and touch me inappropriately or say something to me, anything to do with like rape, stalking, things like oh that. Oh girl, you have no idea. It gets awful. But I can go to a bouncer and be like, hey, this dude said all these things and they will kick them out. Because the thing is, is that a good club will value their dancers over their customers because a customer mm-hmm. might come in there and spend a couple grand, maybe a band or two, but a good girl will bring all that in in a weekend. Right. You know what I mean? Like they're going to continue to bring those customers that are paying back, which I think is probably the reason why I like it. Like since I've done like camming and sugar babying is that I have that support system. So if somebody's interested yeah. in getting started in sex work, it's definitely a great place because you've got people that are looking out for you. Right. Has anyone ever like waited for you outside when you got off work? Like what was the craziest thing a dude has done because he was overly obsessed with you? After. Well, um, something I, I can't actually speak on as it's an ongoing uh, investigation, oh, but oh, most oh. of the time there aren't really any like major issues because our main bouncer, Glenn, this motherfucker's like six, seven, like he's a big fucking dude yeah. and he walks us to our cars and makes sure we get in, watches us right. in the parking lot. Like you are not allowed to leave yeah. that club by yourself without a manager, like a Glenn. the police officer, or some like Glenn. Glenn's the shit, man. He just had a kid. Like I love that man. He's great. Uh, but they they're very protective of us. Now I've had men that have threatened to figure out where I live, to figure out what my legal name is. Uh, um, like yeah, they I've get really too. weird and rapey and socky, uh, and like uh, it's just. But it's not every man obviously like college guys usually are like they're kind of stupid but like you know they're usually they're 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 harmless yeah, there's yeah. some men that will come in there and like think that they owe you or that you owe them something because they came in and paid their 10 or 20 dollars or whatever it is to go uh, to the club that you owe them your attention which is not true right it's like <laughs> I don't I know how okay so it's jessica i want to hear from you um how did you discover that you wanted to be a part of your lifestyle or profession and what tips do you have for others who want to join? Specifically for you, I would love to hear more about how you got into being um, in your sub-dom relationship and also how you got into fin-dom. So um, I live traditionally, you know, I live the life, you know, the, the vanilla life. Um, I met my first husband when I was a teenager, married him and divorced him by the time I was 30. We were together for 10 years and have a child together. Um and I felt suffocated and smothered the entire relationship and when we split apart you know I went through what some people will call a hoe phase or whatever but I felt so free and I felt more connected to myself than I had felt in the entire 10 years that he and I were together and Mm. I felt more love than I felt for myself than the entire time that he and I were together so I was like hmm I could be onto something here so I got Mm. into another relationship with a guy who was open to being in an open relationship and we explored that a time or two and it was great until the very end um where he had some other insecurities and shit going on and decided to use my sexuality against me and I ended that engagement in November um so the man that I'm with now um I've known him through Facebook actually for a very long time um Mm -hmm. many years and we had kind of interacted in the past on just a you know, Facebook comment kind of level. Um, And he actually ended up coming across my content and was like, hey, you know, 
you need more BDSM content. I was like, yeah, I need somebody to, to shoot with. <laughs> and <laughs> he was shooting his shot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we started talking a little more. And I think like, I've never called him by his real name. I felt an immediate pull to submit to him. Like it felt natural from the first conversation that we ever had. I think I called him daddy the first day, like casually, because it just, yeah. it rolled off my tongue so easily. And first he was sir and then he progressed to daddy and it like I can't imagine being in any other type of relationship with him mm-hmm. um uh, or with, with anybody for that matter um so when I explained to him my past relationships and how I've always felt suffocated in the relationships or judged for my sexuality he explained that his role was to support me in whatever decision I made and if that meant exploring my sexuality further he wanted to stand by and just kind of guide me as he watched it blossom so he is extremely supportive of any decision that I make um he's one of my biggest you know like just cheering me on in the background or whatever he'll like he'll see my content from time to time or I'll send him a video or whatever and he'll be like yeah you know I like that or I like when you did x y and z like it does not bother him to see me with another man does that Um, turn him on though or does it just is it just like neutral I feel like it's neutral because in the bedroom he has no desire to share me whatsoever okay oh yeah Um, but he does not mind me exploring my sexuality and I don't mind him being with other people as well. We just, we have a great understanding and a great dynamic and we just understand as long as we do what we do safely to not jeopardize the other person, check in, um, then, you know, we roll with it. So do you feel like you felt suffocated in your marriage in part because monogamy just isn't for you? Monogamy is definitely not for me. I felt like I was forcing myself to be somebody that I am not. I, I was forcing myself to be monogamous, forcing myself to um, accept that, oh, this is just the way that it's going to be the rest of my life. Now I'm married to this man. Oh. Now I'm going to be with him the rest of my life because I was always taught that divorce is not an option. Right. Um, oh. So when we, when we finally did break apart and I started just like, stretching my wings a little bit further I'm like fuck yes like nobody else will ever have say so over me where they can say I'm the only person that she does this with or I'm the only person that that ex you know whatever like absolutely not like I call the shots this is my body this is my pussy this is my sexuality this is my sensuality this is my womanhood and I get to do whatever I want to do with it this is why I wish that we like as a society we could have more candid conversations about this because there are probably people out there who feel the same way that you felt but they don't even know that polyamory is a thing or even have the language to it to express hey maybe I'm just not built for traditional relationships and that's okay absolutely yep um so tell us a little bit about your fandom experience how did you get into that and what tips do you have for anybody who wants to try to become a, a fan dominatrix is that the correct term, fandominatrix, or is it just fandom? No, fandom is fine. Yep. So it all branched off from OnlyFans. I started my OnlyFans in November um, and quickly rose, quickly grew, and actually have gotten to the point to where there are some days where I, or most days, I make more in a day in maybe three hours than I do as a nurse for an entire shift. Wow. Um, yeah. Oh my so, gosh. Yeah, it's absolutely definitely um, an untapped area and it's allowed me to become more um, 
firmly planted in who I am because I realize now like there's a fucking kink for everybody. There's a <laughs> some of the requests that I get, like I don't judge whatsoever as long as it's like safe, sane, consensual, and legal. Like I yeah. wouldn't can't even say legal because there's some wild like states where you can't even have anal sex, you know. But oh my god. Like, <laughs> Like there are some like state sex laws that you can go like Google and find that you would be completely blown away. But I would probably say my wildest request was a gentleman that just, he never wanted to see my face. He wanted a close up of me blowing up balloons <laughs> until they popped. <laughs> what? Wow. I've heard about that. Oh my oh, gosh. Is that, that's, like, that's a legitimate thing, isn't it? It's a legitimate thing. He paid me $45 an hour to blow oh up balloons. God. How I'm many like, balloons did you blow up? Three. Like all oh my God. I'm like, are you kidding? Like, and plus I'm a smoker, a, a 420 weed smoker. Hey, but like, <laughs> so I was blowing up real slow, like stretching that time out. But, um, <laughs> like when it comes to the whole Fendom thing, and maybe I don't know maybe I just got lucky and just ended up with a couple people that were like really good matches um but this is going to come out wrong but both of them that so I have one that's like the highest payer I guess you can say um and then I have one that I interact with but he doesn't pay nearly as much as the other but I mean he pays but they are both white men and for me I've never even been naked in a room with a white guy so (laughs) (laughs) all right then so it's very easy for me to like play into their inferiority complex I have absolutely no desire to be with a white man in any shape or form so when these two gentlemen came to me and said basically we want to pay you to tell me I'm a piece of shit and to degrade me I'm like this is easy so (laughs) um I'll let them set the tone um, I ask first from the, from the, the, excuse me, from the beginning, because I obviously want to be respectful. Like, what are your hard limits? You know, what, right. are, what is completely off limits for you? Because if I go into it and I call him a piece of shit, when all he wants me to do is talk about his dick, then I've insulted him and I just shot myself in the foot. So uh-huh. you want to kind of get a clear understanding. So like the gentleman that I'm, that I interact with now daily, um, he made it very clear in the beginning that I'm not to talk about him but basically just degrade his dick oh. uh well I can like I can use generalizations I can say you know like white men this or white men that but I'm not to say anything specifically about him and I mean I can make 500 500 in a night from him just off of two wow. phone calls oh my god oh, stop saying your dick little maybe I should try yeah. to hit shit <laughs> <laughs> yeah. are there like, like, are there like any like oh sorry go ahead oh no so like last night um I um, had some free time and he texted me and it was like one o'clock this morning. He said, I'm basically just getting home from the bar and I need to talk to you. And I'm like, sure. So he shot me 200 bucks before we even talked. So we talked wow. for 15 minutes, said goodnight. That was that 200 bucks just to talk on the phone with them. So, wow. but he let me know in the beginning, like that's his kink. He likes to spoil white women um, that are with black men for us to like basically share our porn or share our experiences with him mm-hmm. um, and then degrade him. <laughs> So that's what we do. How do you like start? Because I am babbling into the dom realm, but I like fucking up men. I've never done it with a woman before, but I'm curious. So what's the good starter kit? Like, is there certain things I should buy off Adam and Eve? 
going to look into OnlyFans, do some more research. Like, how would a beginner well, like me, like, start? I would definitely not look into OnlyFans because they are now banning explicit content. So I'm having to move yeah. everything to another platform now. Um, I was going to ask you about that. What platform mm-hmm. are you moving to? So I'm thinking of Fansly or Avian um, Stars. That's where, mm-hmm. I, like, I'm in a couple groups on OnlyFans with other top creators. And that seems to be the 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 two platforms that seem to be most user-friendly right now. Um, Fansly, I think, is getting anywhere. The last tweet that I was reading, they're getting like 4,000 applications an hour right now for new creators. People are flocking. And I'll be honest, it it all started with COVID. I mean, COVID scared me as a nurse. It ran me away from a a profession that I, or a a field that I was in for 15 years. I got tired of seeing people die from COVID. So I went a different route in healthcare. Um, But with COVID, having people confined to the home with nothing else to do, like people started looking to sex. I mean, that's what what do you do when you're bored? You want happiness. And for a lot of people, sex is what brings them happiness. So now we're trying to figure out a way to get through another another pandemic with more sex. (laughs) (laughs) So if you are getting into fandom or uh, or just doming in general, where would you say is the best or safest place to look for potential clients? Like say you don't really have a social media presence or you don't really want your identity, your identity to be compromised. I've seen people mm-hmm. say that um, like dating apps like Bumble or Tinder are good places to find pay pigs or subs. But what would you suggest? So my, my largest growth came from Twitter. Um, I mean, when I started my Twitter, I went from just having a free page where, you know, people would like pay-per-view just paid for my content to where I started a paid page and was like top 8% within a month. So it took off extremely fast. Um, But I would say like where you need to start is within yourself. Like, how do you feel within yourself? Um, Do you like to be submissive or do you like to be dominated? Like you have to figure out where you fit into the, and where you fit in in the lifestyle first before you can determine how you want to treat somebody else Mm -hmm. if you're not comfortable with with honestly disrespecting somebody then there's no way that you can be a fendom because a huge part of this is like viewed as disrespect but you're honestly playing on that other person's kink you're consenting Mm -hmm. to disrespect them there you know it's consensual disrespect or consensual um degradation um So absolutely, definitely, I would say explore yourself first. That there are other kink sites. I'm a big member of um, FetLife. I've been oh, on yeah, there for probably eight years. Oh, FetLife is amazing. It's just like any other app. Uh, you know, you got to weed through the weirdos. But if you just, if you just kind of ignore, like Bird said, ignore that people think just because you're a sex worker that you want to fuck all the time. I honestly right. say off most of the time I'm, I'm over sex. Like sometimes it just disgusts me. People disgust me, touch, disgust me. And yep. I'll, I'll check out. Yep. I, will, I will totally check it out. I'll, I'll tell my, like, I'll get on OnlyFans and say like, go ahead and program some posts for the next couple of days, but just tell them I'm going to be out of town. You can't reach me, but I'll have a couple, you know, like, um, scheduled posts that'll go out so like I'll still have earnings coming in but the interaction stops like I need to take a complete step back I don't want to be talked to I don't want to see a dick I don't want to see anything to do with sex so um it absolutely does come with like um 
like limits where you're just like, ugh, I'm just sick of this. And mm-hmm. you want some normalcy, I guess. I'm glad you said that because I feel like a lot of times people forget that sex workers or OnlyFans girls or strippers or whatever are human too. And you don't mm-hmm. want to be on, on, on all the time. You're multifaceted um individuals as well and sometimes like you said you just don't even want to see a dick and <laughs> i mean you're human like that's that's normal i got one more question for you then we're gonna move on to the last question what mm-hmm. um advice would you give for girls who only want to be fandoms virtually like you are because i know that sometimes their clients will probably get like a little pushy and try to get them to meet in person how can they get around that if they're not comfortable with ever meeting their uh subs so you set the tone from the from beginning, from the very beginning. If these gentlemen are are asking to meet up with you and they've never even bought your content, absolutely no. Like if you can't spend eight dollars on a video, do you really think you're fixing to get me out of my house? And it takes a whole lot more than a hundred dollars or two hundred dollars to get me out of bed, to get me to meet you somewhere for any sort of interaction, even if it's just for coffee or for a drink or whatever. So I think you have to set the tone in the beginning and let these men know and we threw them because they're going to try you and uh, they still do they're going to try you. they're going to think that just because you're in this in the sex worker industry that all you want to do is fuck and like 90 percent of the time i don't so um yeah you definitely got to fill them out you gotta you gotta see like are they really are they really serious you know like i said if somebody is serious about you they're going to send you money first Mm-hmm. Um, t- like you'll get money before you get the the conversation. You'll get a big tip. You know, I got like a two hundred dollar offer one, a four hundred dollar offer one day. Somebody wanted to do custom content with me. For wanted me to do custom content for him. Mm-hmm. Um, it was an actual script that he sent me. Um, but before he even sent me the message, he sent a two hundred dollar tip and was like, "Hey, this is the the script that I have. This is the content that I want you to film. Are you interested?" I'm like, "Fuck yeah!" For four hundred dollars, I can do a little five minute video. Right. <laughs> okay, I know I said that was my last question for you, but I lied because I just thought of another one. What advice? What advice would you give to girls who are starting out on OnlyFans as far as how to maximize uh profit for the content? Would you say that custom, um, custom things are the uh, are the best way to go, or what would you? Well, not OnlyFans specifically, I guess, since they're shutting down. But I yeah. guess or fansly or platforms like that what what consistency you got to keep feeding them you got to keep feeding them like if you fall off someone else is going to take your spot like you got to feed them so I have mine set up to post like pretty much every day I have some sort of a a nude or a teaser that that Mm -hmm. post on my on my page just to kind of keep them engaged or I'll ask polls I'll ask questions but I've had girls come to me and ask me like can I guide them can I help them can I promote them um, I don't promote other content creators on my page for the simple fact that my fans are paying to see me. They're not right. paying to see me run contests. They're not paying to see me promote other girls. Right. Um, but as far as the the getting yourself out there, sometimes like women want to do it or con- men too, you know, they want to remain anonymous. I don't have that choice because I'm very heavily tattooed. There's absolutely no way that I could re- remain anonymous. Um, yeah. So I have chosen to accept whatever repercussions come from me being found out um however um social media like you got to put yourself out there you got to get on every day and promote yourself be your biggest fan you know pump yourself up 
find what makes you happy. Like Bird said earlier, like put on an outfit that you feel good in. Take a couple shots. Even if it's 11 a.m. in the morning, take a couple shots, put on some loud music and snap some pictures and please your fans. Like post your pictures, shake your ass. Like that you know what your fans like. You know what turns them on. You know what, what opens their pockets and just keep feeding it to them. So it really is like you're running a small business. Like you have to have a marketing strategy in place. <laughs> You absolutely do. And, and so what I have done is I've actually turned mine into a business. So I grew so much so fast. I wanted to protect myself as well. So I have now used my OnlyFans name and I've got my LLC in that name. I have a tax ID and I've applied for a business license because, you know, I got to, I have a, I got to pay taxes on this money. I need to have a paper trail. So, um, I'm now legit, uh, business owner and certified, I mean, uh, um, licensed sex worker it's not that classified so smart. As that. i hope that's anybody who's doing OnlyFans or anything like that is taking notes because that is really smart that's something i would have well, never thought to do absolutely because you can then turn that into you can get business loans or small business grants if you're a right. woman if this is your first business for single women for single mothers minorities i mean the list goes on and on and on and on and on especially right now during the pandemic and all the financial um backing that we're getting for so many things you'd be an absolute fool to not capitalize on the opportunities in front of you right now yes that's so smart you better put the the girls on all right <laughs> <laughs> last question and this is also piggybacking off what you said jessica about how mm-hmm. um when you said about fendom if you know that you can't degrade like degrading people makes you uncomfortable then you probably don't want to do it this question's right. kind of piggybacking off that um how do you separate sex in your profession from sex in your personal life so for you I'm just so the glad you asked yeah go ahead <laughs> <laughs> so sex in my profession um I don't actually have a have a clear designation between like my personal life sex because my personal life sex is my content So if I meet somebody, I let them know there's going to be a time that I'm going to ask you to shoot with me. It's not going to be every time. Like I can have regular sex that's not in front of a camera, but there's going to be a couple times where like, you got to be okay with fucking on camera. I'll I'll keep them anonymous. I won't show their face, Uh, add filters to change their skin tone or whatever, so that they're not easily identified if they want to be very, very, you know, secretive or whatever. Um, but as far as sex with my daddy Dom, the difference between any other sex that I have in the vanilla world versus with him is I've reserved anal sex for him only. Okay. So that's kind of like the root of the sex that we have. I enjoy it mostly with him. So I have like regular oral vaginal sex with my vanilla lifestyle, but they know don't touch my ass. what about you how do you um separate sex in your personal life from the men or whatever you encounter at the strip club oh god uh talk about (laughs) taking breaks but by the time the weekend ends i don't even want to look at a man in the face Uh, um i'm so just like my my club is a full touch club so i'm sitting in people's laps i'm getting fondled like i'm being touched for hours and hours, obviously not in my vagina or in my asshole, because like ew. But um, <laughs> it's just it's difficult. I've had a very difficult relationship with sex. I was sexually assaulted four times uh, throughout my high school career. Oh my god, I'm so sorry to hear that. Um, and it has really damaged my view on sex. Getting into sex work has helped me take back my own body and has uh-huh. given me back that con- that kind of control and that self confidence of who I am and 
I'm, I know that I'm attractive and I know that I'm confident and I know that I can make money like this. And now everything that I do is my choice. Um, I, I don't do a lot. I actually, I really don't have a lot of sex, honestly, because I'm so used to being fake and turned on quote unquote at the club all the time to please these men is like, I used to be super kinky. Like other than being non-monogamous, I kind of just like, I used to be in the BDSM. I used to wear a collar, but now that I have to do that shit all the time, I just like vanilla sex. I'll be straight with you. Like, but every now and again, obviously like I'll have a little bit of a, a flare up. Like I got to hook up with a WWE wrestler um, Ooh. a couple weekends ago. He actually How was just it? Won. He actually just won that. His name is. Oh, I don't watch wrestling, but I'm going to look him up after this. <laughs> He's Puerto Rican. He is. <laughs> um, <laughs> but like every now and again, I'll indulge myself in like something like that, where like, oh my God. Um, I'll never let a man tell me I'm ugly ever again, but, (laughs) um, like every now and again, like I'll indulge in like stuff like that, where I really can get kinky and like, just completely like act out of a scene and enjoy it. But I mean, other than that, like, I don't view sex anymore as an important part of a relationship. I view emotional intimacy and like just physical contact. Like I like to cuddle. I like knowing that my main partner knows every inch of me. I can talk to him about anything. And I know that he doesn't judge me for the things that I do and he respects what I do for a living. That to me makes me more attracted and in love with him than any type of sex could do for me. Y'all, I really enjoyed this episode. I feel like it was very humanizing and educational. And I honestly learned a lot myself. (laughs) I got some training and practice to do. (laughs) Thank y'all so much for coming on. I hope y'all have fun too. Yes, ma'am. Thank y'all so much for tuning into the episode. Uh, Hope to see you in the next one. And as always, stay holy. Bye.